Friendshiping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Edible Arrangements. No, it's not. They're delivering fruits right to your door. <laughs> Jen, somebody signed me up for Edible Arrangements emails. Whom? I don't know. But I, that episode didn't air yet. Well, why? No, am it I... did, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It, yeah, did, it air. did. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say, then why am I getting I was edible? Like, that right? was truly eerie. You did it in the middle of the night. Somebody signed me up for that. Is fucking hilarious. Which is very funny. And if you are the one who did it, uh, shame on you. But also great prank. Yeah, good, good job. What's our real ad? Our real ad is this episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trid. This, this is Friendshiping. And the theme this week is... Well, that's not so healthy. No. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. <laughs> Jen! Bring the beat in. I have no energy today, so I thought I would start by shouting a Beyonce lyric. <laughs> I have all of the energy today. I know. Can you spare some this way? I wish that I could, but it's all being taken up by me. Chew it in your mouth and spit it into mine like a baby bird. I'm a baby bird. There's so many baby birds in my yard. It's amazing. Gross. Oh, and you I, ask I regret asking that. <laughs> so oh, that's like wanted. whatever the opposite of ASMR is. It's that. Oh, stop. (laughs) I'm in a great mood because so I don't even hear. Okay, real quick, guys. We recorded an episode last week when I my my apartment was overrun by fleas. And I don't know if that episode is going to be good enough to air. So either you know about the fleas or you don't know about the fleas. (laughs) It's like, what's the philosophy thing that's like Schrodinger's cat? Yes. Schrodinger's fleas. Either you do or you do not know about the fleas. (laughs) Trin had fleas. This is a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Fleas happened. I was all bitten up. Also, I had a nightmare like flight to and from New York. It really, really sucked. And what I'm here to say is finally life is not terrible. <laughs> finally life is not terrible. It's very good. And so I feel amazing. I want to like, I'm like shooting rainbows out of my heart. Like from my chest into yours. Yeah, you're exploding candy right now. I am. I'm so happy to not be miserable. <laughs> Let's talk about all the things that have happened since we recorded last because we did we did skip a week. We did skip a week. Accidentally. So I bought tickets to see Death Cab. Oh, you nerd. I love it. In October. It. Oh, my God. Uh, Are I, they sold out yet? I don't think so. I might I go. had to wait in line digitally, which I've never done before. Yeah. As you know, I do not wait in lines. No. Jen Bain does not wait in lines Why for anybody. Why would I do that? No. What, what else happened? El- what else has happened? We went uh, dress shopping. We went. Tr- oh, we I was all bitten by fleas, and you took my flea bitten ass wearing uh, nasty tights because they were the only pants that I could ensure did not have insects inside of them. You took me to this fancy ass wedding dress place, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. That was really fun. I want to do it all the time. I also want to do it all the time. They give you cans of rose. Cans. Yes. And it was like good rose, not the crappy rose that I that I turned my nose up at. Only the best rose. <laughs> for me and my bitches. Yeah. But listen, the next if if any time you want to get me tipsy and allow me to comment about how good you're you look. I almost said something specific and then I stopped myself. I know. I know. I know you did. You did so good. <laughs> I saw it in great. your eyes. You were like, "I'm going to say something." No, I'm not going to say no, it. No, I'm not going to do it cuz I'm a good friend. <laughs> nice um, inflection there. <laughs> Seriously, Trin Trin was made to drink wine and give constructive compliments. Truly, constructive compliments are not a real thing unless Trin is giving them, then they're real. Thanks. About dress shopping. It was amazingly helpful. Same with Lynn. It was like I brought it's like I brought my A team. You did. Yeah, they came in off the they came in off the bench to help me like for one last heist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was two months from retirement and I don't know how this, and we, this joke we, we, didn't we go had anywhere. retired. No, I was I was I got an email and I got distracted, but That's it's not okay. an, you know. was it a good was it from edible arrangements? Yeah, they're um they want to thank us pre they want to they want to send it just no I got nothing. <laughs> Jen, you're you're in such a bad mood today. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm fine. I'm just a little just low energy. I'm just low energy. I understand. And I have a bit of a stomach ache. Should we do advice? I don't see why, but I mean, like, I guess if that's what people are coming here for. Wait, should I tell people about my plants? Oh, okay. Yes, of course. And by that, I mean, can I please fucking tell people about my plants? Yep. So as everybody knows, I'm into plants lately. Pileas. 
peperomias. Love them. Very into these plants. Low light, medium light, high humidity, non-toxic to cats. I found $20 in my pants yesterday. Guess what that's going to? Pants, plants, money. (laughs) Double rhyme time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a Pilea aluminum plant. They look like they're made out of aluminum. And it's got like little stripes that look metallic. It's very neat. Oh, lovely. Oh, this is a cool fucking plant. It looks kind of like a lily pad. I'm very into it. Well, you know, that's, that's probably the Pilea. Um, uh, Pepperomoids. Yes. Yep. That's one that I have. And actually. It's also called the pancake plant or yeah. the UFO plant. Adorable. That's so I named, I took a cutting off. I have one of those. I took a cutting off and I named it President Roslyn. And that's the one I'm bringing to you. Oh, my God. You're getting a little pancake plant. I love pancakes. And I love President Rosalind. I call them pepperoni plants. Yeah, that's extremely cute. Because the last word sounds like pepperoni. It does. And, and they, they look like, like pepperonis. pepperonis. Right. No, it's the Palea aluminum plant. Got it. Which is Aluminum. Different. Let me take a look-see. Oh, yeah. I've seen this bitch before. It's, ne- it's neato. We've crossed paths. And then uh, I got a cutting from a pe- uh, pe- pepper- pe- pepperomia, which is different. And you grew that? Uh, no, I, I I got it on the internet. I see, I this see. This is my first foray into internet plants. Ooh, so you get a cutting, and what yes. do you do with the cutting? You put it into um, a potting mix, Okay. because pileas and peperomias are actually very easy to propagate, so if you're going to buy a cutting of anything, this is a good bet. And you put a little cinnamon on it. No. Yes. Yeah, Why? Because cinnamon is, it works apparently as well as rooting hormone. And I don't know what's in cinnamon, but I have a ton of it. And so I'll just give a little dip. That is delightful. Give a little dip to it. So this cutting arrives at your doorstep and it's like, cinnamon, please. Yeah. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. I like think, the story's getting cuter and cuter. I like to flave it up and then I bury it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see what happens. That's adorable. I also planted this week my tomatoes and cucumbers. Mm. Uh, and Jen, you just said the most Chicago to my tomatoes. Did I? Yes, God, you did. it slips in. It really slips in with certain words. Tell me about your cucumbers and your tomatoes. I love them. I'm going to use them on and all my salads that I'm not going to eat. I'm going to bring some to you is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, you are because I love your little tomatoes. You gave me your, your little red boys last summer. Yeah, I'm going to charge $100 for them. Not for you. You can have them for free. But Thank I'm going to set them out in a little farm stand and say each tomato, each tomato is $100. <laughs> and they're worth every penny. <laughs> Jen, when you're done um, chug-chugging your bean water, would you like mm. to read the first question? I would. About, oh my God, this is so fucking this unhealthy. This is some juicy drama Yes. In oh, this one. Oh, um, sidebar for the listeners. Uh, we do believe that both of these situations are incredibly unhealthy. However, we are not going to be hard on these askers because they're just in unhealthy situations. Because life is difficult. Life that's why. is garbage. And sometimes you have to react in a way that's sassy. First question. Yeah. I have a coworker that is a legitimate drama queen. She's the type of person to complain about all of her problems to get sympathy, but never does anything to fix them. Everyone in the office has been exhausted by this for years. Today, she was having a meltdown, and I mean yelling, about an email that she misread. I tried to help. I explained the email and told her, yes, with a little sass, to, quote, take a breath. Then she screamed at me that, okay, she would take a breath, and she stormed out. When she came back, she sent me an apology over Office I Am. I deleted it without responding. Here's the thing. My boss tells me that this coworker has now expressed to a third coworker that she's upset at me again for not accepting her apology. But like she screamed at me. It's not okay. I don't want to accept this bullshit apology she doesn't mean. Friends, help. Please. Do I have to say it's okay just to make the whole thing die? Pronouns she, her. Okay, so first of all, we are going to acknowledge that this is actually not a friendship question. This is a coworker question. And your coworkers are often not actually your friends. Yeah, and that is totally fine. You yeah. do not have to be friends with everyone you work with. And uh, I would say this is not friendly behavior at all, but it's also not professional. No, no fucking indeed. Not at all. Also, every single person in this question, the asker, the perpetrator, the boss, the boss, the third coworker, the third co they are everybody's doing the wrong thing. Everyone right now. is being so unprofessional. It, and yeah. like I used to be really sensitive to that word because like professional at a couple jobs I've had has meant like shutting up and dealing with it. And it can certainly mean that. And my other caveat is like no one can be expected to come to work every single day and not be emotional sometimes. That's part of life. You're going to carry some baggage with you here and there. But the social contract that we've all agreed to, the thing that keeps businesses working and keeps your life 
like neatly in boxes is that you kind of have to keep a lid on it sometimes. Yeah. You got to treat your coworkers with respect. And I don't know. It's not much to ask not to yell. Yeah. And ask her uh, listening in on this right now. We are answering your question, Asker. Uh, so listen, like we, I, we're saying all this, but we're not, you're not like bad or like over emotional or something like that. What we're saying is in this office, we already know of four people who are doing poorly emotionally. <laughs> That's not good. Okay. Like, like we're seeing that this is probably a wider issue amongst the company if we have four people already involved in this situation. Absolutely. My boss tells me that this coworker is not expressed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why no, is no, this no. happening? That's not what a boss does. No. The, your boss should never have told you that it, like he heard it or he or she heard it through the fucking grapevine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on here, but is there any competent manager or HR person you can you can have a little sit down with? Yeah, this is wild. OK, so let's start from the beginning. So the the problem first is that we have a known quantity that we're going to call the perpetrator. <laughs> Yay! Who uh, reacts very volatilely in many situations. Is that accurate? Yes. I have a coworker that's a legitimate drama queen. Not crazy about the words drama queen, but I understand. I For our purposes, it. I understand. I do get it. You know, like, I mean, like people can, let, she reacts volatilely. Well said. And here's the thing. People can be volatile emotionally for all kinds of fucking reasons. Like maybe she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I love this. I know when you're okay. So side note, like, okay, being pregnant is uh, you have to be a fucking warrior to deal with that shit because you're literally growing an entire human being inside you and your home hormones are attacking your brain and your body. It's true. Yes. So I'm not saying everybody who's pregnant can't handle their emotions. That's a ridiculous statement. What I'm saying is there could be something else happening here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like and I'm there. I guarantee something else is happening to this person that's making them scream at work. You know what I would guess? That this person's emotions are not taken seriously in the rest of their life. So they work very, very hard to make sure that people understand and hear their pain in their work life. Oh, man. That would be my guess. That's... Yeah, I, I hear you on that. And it's a she, her. So I wonder why people don't take her emotion seriously so in her life. Weird. That's crazy, isn't it? And then... The the third coworker. Okay. 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 So we say on the podcast all the time, everybody complains about you and it's okay. You will be complained about by your, people. By people. By friends even. By family. It's gonna happen. By your partner. And the first time you realize that, it's gonna shock you to your core. You're right. gonna be like, oh my God, everyone hates me. I do things wrong. None what? of my friends like me. No. That's not true. Your friends do like you, but yes. you're a human being and you are subject to the laws of nature, which is sometimes your little movie like I was today. Like I still am, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Honestly, I feel like you're you're really like heroically yeah. coming. This coming episode through. is now about me. Yes. <laughs> Thank God, really. <laughs> but like seriously, your friends are gonna vent about you. And that's life. And it's going to feel weird. But you know what? Again, you're, you're fine. You're fine. And it's healthy. So I hate when people are like, why don't talk behind my back? Why don't you say it to my face? Why would I say that to your face? That's rude as hell. It's not productive. No, I'm going to tell somebody else who vaguely understands the situation and can justify my emotions personally. You know what? You know where the term venting comes from? It means like ventilation, which means to like let off steam. Mm -hmm. That's literally what venting is. It's getting something off your chest as opposed to lashing out at the person. Like, okay, listen, when I cook my broccoli in the microwave... When I get my my package of frozen... Uh, I bet that smells awesome. I, so here's the thing. Okay, side broccoli cooking story. Okay. So I love me some broccoli, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Like all those general tree-like vegetables, cauliflower, broccoli. I'm sure there are others. I love me some roasted cauliflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, am lazy and vegan. And most of my meals <laughs> are a bag of like bird's eye frozen vegetables and then a can of some kind of bean. Which I think is fine. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. So I cooked a bag of broccoli in my microwave and then I walked out the door to take out my trash. And uh, this guy uh, with his mom, I guess, was like walking down the hallway and and he goes, he goes, I am so sorry about the smell about and he was like and I go oh it's just it's my trash I'm just I'm taking it out you know no it was definitely my food oh my god that is so funny I was like I'm taking it out I'm ta- <laughs> don't worry it's getting taken care of we're solving this that is so funny Trin and it's fine so okay it is fine okay so back to the broccoli back to my broccoli story actually it's not really a story oh I you just, have a broccoli I, story sort of I read on the internet once this has to be a story from that I read on the internet literally over 
it's five years ago, but yeah. it stayed with me because I think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what happened? Someone uh, apparently, in an attempt to eat healthy, made like a broccoli smoothie. And if you're not used to, which sounds disgusting. Yes, it it's does. It's not the best way to eat broccoli. But it was like broccoli and all these greens, but mostly broccoli. And if your stomach is not used to that Whoa. much, you can imagine what happened. So they drank this broccoli smoothie and their farts were so historic and legendary that it, wait for it, set off their fire alarm. No. <laughs> you know, I believe it. I do. I believe it too. I do. Because, so like, like I said, like I eat a lot of broccoli and beans and stuff, but that's because as a vegan, my stomach has become cast iron over time. All of my innards, uh, they have gone through so much over the past 10 years. Like they- The you, worm. The, the worm, Peter Pettigrew, the worm that lived inside of me. I mean, can you imagine not eating greens for like your entire life and being like, I'm going to have a broccoli smoothie. Like no. your stomach is going to revolt. There's going to be a war downstairs. Mm, chemical reactions. Yeah. Methane. Nuclear shit. Literally. Literally. It's going to happen downtown. That's not what you want. In your life. It's like I the scene in my head is like when everyone is in the movie Cloverfield, the first one when they're all running from that lizard monster, yeah. like down the streets of New York. That's yeah. what's going on in your gut. Anyway, we've ventured a couple miles away from this question. That's okay. Wait, I'm not even done with my first More. broccoli story. Oh my god, I'm sorry I interrupted your broccoli you, story. You know what? I actually really like that we're going back and forth with our tales of coniferous vegetables. I think I don't even think that's the right word. That's it's, the title. It's good. It's good. So ventilation. So I really like to, uh, I like frozen broccoli in a bag because I'm lazy and I put it in the freaking microwave and there are vent holes already in the bag. You know, a certain amount of steam needs to stay inside. Do you poke them? No, you don't have to. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. They, they make like steam in the bag frozen vegetables, which I'm is familiar. like, it's very, very good. So what I'm saying is a certain amount of steam has to stay inside. You can't just like let it all freaking out. Like that's not good. Your broccoli won't fucking cook. But you've got a few ventilation holes to maintain a healthy balance of the steam that is inside and outside of the bag. So it's really hard, I think, to blame somebody for le letting a healthy amount of steam out. Just know that their broccoli is cooking in a proper way. Amazing job bringing this back to our episode. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I love this broccoli metaphor. You're welcome, everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured all of our listeners going, thank you, Trin. <laughs> everyone, you're welcome. So we talked about the perpetrator venting. We did not talk about the asker. We didn't. So the asker, asker, listen, we don't think you're bad and we don't think that like you suck or something like that. But we do think that perhaps you could have handled this a little more gently with the knowledge that this person is volatile and this workspace is unhealthy. Sometimes you have to like take a step back and try to not add to the problem. Exactly. I mean, you're in an unfortunate, tricky situation. But I do agree with Trin that saying things like take a breath Oh, that never feels good. No. It does not feel good to receive the news. Okay, take a breath. Like, there's almost no way to do it without being condescending because they didn't ask, what should I do? And you said, you should take a breath. You didn't say it like that, did you? No. You said, take a freaking breath. You Jane, said it. You Janice. said it. It says, the question says, yes, with a little sass. Thank you for admitting that. You probably more sass than you're admitting. Yeah. Let's uh, be real. Take a breath. Yeah. Let's practice saying it. Take a breath. Uh, Take a breath. Take a breath. Uh, It's just an email. Take a breath. Calm down. Uh, why don't you take a fucking breath? Why don't you chill out and take several breaths? Maybe you should go for a walk and like take a breath. Maybe you should take a breath of fresh air. Okay, so listen. That was fun. Okay, so you know what this is? The asker is venting in the wrong place. You needed to let some of that steam out and you steamed up on that volatile coworker and you know lots of minerals when they're exposed to steam and air, they flame up. Oh, wow. I love these metaphors today. Bing, bang, boom. Thanks. I'm feeling I'm on fire. You are on fire. I don't like using the phrase what you should have done, but I'm going to use it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. Maybe like, what you should have done is uh, not said anything. Yeah. If you can't provide a measured response when the situation requires it, you remove yourself from the situation. I recommend doing this at work a lot because, yeah. man, you will not you will say so many less things you regret if you're like, I need a minute. Or let me think about this and then just get the fuck out. And listen, buddy, listen, asker. Again, we said this before. We don't think that, that there's a problem with you or anything. Like if I were in this situation, I probably would make the same fucking mistake and maybe shake them. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we totally understand why you did this. Yes. Uh, but then when the person apologized, you didn't accept it. And that's that's interesting. So here's the thing. We don't think that you need to say to this this perpetrator, everything's fine now. Like, we're good. We're cool. That is not what we're saying. What we are saying is sometimes.
times, especially in a situation where you don't really care about the people who are in the circumstances. It's like a little magic trick to say I am sorry or to accept an apology when you don't mean it. You can just lie because here's the thing. It doesn't fucking matter because it just makes it go away. I think that's a good move in a professional setting. You're going to have to be more agreeable than you normally would in normal life, right? And you're not going to want to do it. I know. It's going to suck. I don't want to do it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you to do something that I would extremely never want to do. But the thing is, is that this person is probably never going to become less volatile. Oh, certainly not overnight in the week. Probably not in the span of you working there. And and to be perfectly frank, the problem in this situation work-wise is not you not accepting the apology, but it will help you remove yourself from the situation a little bit faster. I think removing yourself is the right move. Uh, Wow, that was, I didn't mean to say it like that, but removing yourself is the right move. And you can't control what this boss says. You can't control this volatile person or everyone acting this way around you. The only thing you control is your own actions and reactions. And I think the most important thing right now is putting some respectful distance between you and these people. Yeah. Ultimately, I think that the problem rests in an unhealthy emotional workspace rather than here's this volatile person fucking everything up. Oh, yeah. Like your boss very clearly did not do the right thing by one, revealing that it's a third coworker who said something like that. That is so unproductive and helpful and only adds fuel to the fire. And it only drags more people into a situation that is a little bit unsolvable at this point. Yeah, I agree. Unsolvable. You wrote, but she screamed at me. It's not okay. That's correct. It is not okay. You are completely in the right. And I understand that makes you want to be righteous. But the workplace does not really allow for that. And I mean, there are ways to craft your apology to make it clear that you are unhappy with how you've been treated lately. You can say something like, I, I'm ready to move on from this situation. I accept your apology from scream, t- for screaming with, uh, at, with, at, at. She wasn't screaming. The asker wasn't, right? No, she was not screaming. She was screamed at. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm ready to move on from this. I accept your apology for screaming at me. But I feel like this is an ongoing issue that we should all work on. Because that's really how you feel. I don't think you actually feel like this perpetrator owes you something for screaming at you. I think that you just want this to, this entire enormous, unhealthy quagmire of a workspace. I think that that's the real problem. Yeah, exactly. And you're pinpointing on this one person. So what else? Oh, the third coworker. I feel bad for that third coworker because they're just trying to, to do the best they can. Right? They went to, so the third coworker is the only person in this situation who did the right thing because they went to the boss with an emotional drama happening at work, hoping that the boss would do their job in solving. Right. Ideally, that's what happened. But the boss did not do that. The, do- the boss was like, let's throw some gasoline on this fire. Let's try and make this slightly worse for everybody involved. Like, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, this sucks. I really hope that you have some kind of HR department because everybody's doing a bad job right Seriously, now. Seriously, no one's good at handling emotions in the workplace in this situation. And no one is good at that all the time, but it sounds like they're bad at it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder... <sighs> Man, it, like there's there's so many things that we don't know, of course, because it's from an email and that's life. We can't know everything. Man, what what should the fuck should they do besides? Ex- yeah. So the, the last question they asked was, do I have to say it's OK just to make the whole thing die? I don't think you saying it's OK will make the whole thing die. Wow. Good point, Jen. <laughs> I, I don't think this is going to go away. So what, uh, man, you might have to do something really hard, which be which is be a calm, cool, badass. Yeah. Ice water in your veins. Let some of this bounce off you. Oh, I hate doing that. So I, I one time I was about to have a very difficult conversation at work and my buddy Tommy uh, pulled me aside and said, sometimes the way to deal with something is to Hufflepuff about it so that in the long term you can slither in, which Ooh. if you're not a Harry Potter dweeb, let me explain. Sometimes you have to be like the calm, cool, nice, fair person in the room so that long term you can achieve better goals. You know, like I I know that in your heart, because you're a human being and I felt this too, in your heart, you want justice and you want people to know how you feel and you want to say, this person yelled at me and I deserve like this and this and this. I know that's what you want. But right now, like it's just, it's not going to be productive. Yeah. Yeah. So let's figure out what you actually 
what do you want, Asker? Do you want to not have to talk to the screaming person again? Do you want the entire office to like really fucking chill out and solve their problems? Do you want a bigger apology from from the Asker? Was that the first thing I said? I can't remember, but you're on a roll. Yeah, but you're you doing know, great. I, I we we I think what we need to do before we figure out what the next step is is determine what you want. Yeah, like write it down if you have to. Right. I want my boss to not relay messages that upset me. I want my boss to be more respectful and listen to me when I have an idea. Or I want to not be screamed at at work. All of those things are reasonable. Yeah, and you can ask for those things. And I think you can ask for those things in a way that won't add more fuel to the fire. It's just a really... It's going to be very difficult to choose your words. So to say something like. Exactly. Yes, that is going to be the hard part. Yeah. Like, okay. so imagine how much work designers put into like advertising and stuff. That's the amount of because they have to like, you know, choose the colors and like choose the, the, the font and everything to make you feel a very particular emotion. Like it's not art. In that, like, they want to make something beautiful that expresses themselves. They want to make you feel something. That is exactly how you need to approach talking about this. Oh, exactly. That is a good good way of looking at it. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to community manage this situation. Oh, God, no. you got to be the community manager. That is a very difficult job. you got to be the one in the room that, while the turbulence is happening, you're the one that's calmly giving instructions. All of this is if you are ready to try to solve this problem, because the other way to react to this is just throw up your hands and be like, bye. That's okay too. Yeah. Just just be careful because it's the workplace. Right. You can say like, oh, I accept your apology. Okay, cool. And move on and not do any more work. But if you are willing to try and make this a less volatile place to work, then you would say something like, I think that it's time for us to acknowledge that things have been a little tense around here. And I'd like to do more work on that to figure out what we can do to make things calmer. Something like that. Something like that. And I hope to God you have someone in the workplace in a, in a you know higher position that you can say that to, because this is not something you should take on alone. Probably not something you can take on single-handedly at all. Yeah. I feel like this boss has proved themselves to not know how to actually manage human yeah, beings. Yeah, they sound hilarious. They sound... That's all I can say. They sound like a really bad vice principal. Oh, yeah. You know, so much of being a manager and a boss is not saying the thing. And not dipping into the surrounding drama. Truly. That's, man, you got to ref- you gotta absorb it and not reflect it. Sorry if you heard my pill alarm. <laughs> I already took them. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like, if your boss stoops to involve themselves in the drama, if the vice principal thinks that you know, the popular girls hating each other is really funny and, and decides to drop more information like, oh, well, Jennifer said this, that's bad. That is bad. That's a bad management thing. Man, this sucks. I'm so sorry you're in this situation. It sounds very unhealthy. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. And if you want to put your head down, get your work done, be polite, then go home and live your life and vent to your friends that have nothing to do with the workplace, I totally endorse that. Yeah. So this being a workplace and you not really caring about these people makes it difficult to deal with. Because if you cared about these people, you would sit down and have a conversation with them, (laughs) you know, but because they're unreasonable people that you have no emotional ties to, it makes it way harder to like have stakes. Yeah. I mean, if these are your friends, you might be like, all right, everyone, we're going to talk this out. We're going to communicate honestly, because I love all of you. But in this case, you're like, I just have to be around you. (laughs) We are just forced to be near each other. Yeah. Can you work from home? God, that might be a really good move. Yeah. Yeah. Get your desk moved, something like that. At the end of all of this broccoli metaphors, steam, things like that, you will deal with this differently than you would with your friends. With your friends, you can say sassily, take a breath, Gina. You know, you can do that. But with your coworkers, it's uh, it's an inescapable thing. And there are less emotional stakes. So people are less willing to really work on stuff. See if you can find HR, if you can find a different boss, because clearly this boss is bungling this. Go to askamanager.com and read about other workplace scenarios that are even worse than this. Yes. But oh, my God, that is so unhealthy. Sorry, Asker, this sucks. Um, And I I think that throughout all of our weird metaphors and, and conversations, you may be able to find some useful information. But I think the one thing that's important to internalize is, yeah, you might have to just suck it up and and be the bigger person because clearly nobody else will. Doesn't the high road suck? The high road is boring. And And it's usually empty. 
I know you want to yell at somebody. I know you want to swear at some of these people. I would. And if they were your friends, I would say, have a good yell together, you know, <laughs> but uh, they are not your friends. So, uh, yeah, I guess the, the, the punchline of this is don't treat them like your friends. Yeah. Treat them like your coworkers. Yeah. Is it question two time? I think it's time. Weird. Oh, should I read it? Yeah, you're up. Hi, guys. I've been living with my flatmate for about two years now, and this is the first time that he's really fallen for a girl while we've been living together. I'm an only child, so I've never felt as close to someone my own age as I feel to my flatmate. Uh, And uh, flatmate, for people who are from the United States, that's what we call a roommate Mm. for an apartment. I can't say I'm a big fan of that. Flatmate? Speak American. (laughs) Learn the language. (laughs) But recently, he's been constantly messaging her, and he pretty much only talks to me when she's offline. Today, he literally went silent and started typing in the middle of a conversation. I had previously been frightened by the fact that he would so clearly rather talk to her than me because of memories of high school where very few people really wanted to talk to me, and certainly not someone as cool as him. He assured me that he still likes and values me just as much, but probably isn't going to change his behavior because he's literally falling in love. I can understand this. And honestly, I think I needed that reassurance quickly so my self-esteem didn't just completely plummet. Today, I kept not managing to stop myself crying, but I was really quiet and he only noticed at the very end of the day. I told him what had bothered me, but said that the other night when he deliberately chatted to me and our friends instead of her, I knew he was doing that for me and that was really kind of him. I know, right? That was good that they called that out. So it's not like he doesn't care about me. It's on me to be less needy. I wish more than anything that this didn't bug me. He empathized greatly with this neediness, but stressed that he wasn't sure if he could really help me. I asked him to just please finish the conversation or tell me that he was going to go talk to her now. I guess rather than chopping it off. Chopping off, yeah. Yeah. That's roughly where we left it tonight. My question is, when a best friend is forming a romantic relationship, do you have any advice for how to deal with the fact in terms of everyday life that you are essentially being replaced? Oh, my heart. Oh, my God. That is so unhealthy. My heart hurts for you. Okay. Whoa. Listen. There's a lot happening. Happening in this question. It does not boil down to being replaced. No. That's not possible. You're okay. First, first, you're not being replaced. Okay, I know that it feels that way because this friend is spending more time with this person that they're literally falling in love with. And it feels bad when they interrupt a conversation with you to put their head down and text. We can acknowledge that that's rude. It is totally rude. But I mean, sometimes your friends are going to do rude shit. Sometimes your friends are rude. Sometimes you're sometimes you're rude. Yeah. Everyone's going to do this little rude thing to each other. Rude boy. Rude boy. Don't you give it up. (laughs) You heard me. Hmm. I give so much credit to the friend who's falling in love, just being very open and saying, like, my behavior is not going to change. I'm falling in love with this person. I'm going to try very hard to make you feel loved and wanted because I do care about you still. This is how things are. That is awesome. And thank you for including that detail. Yeah, um, that's important stuff. Yeah, knowing that the, this person is not actually like an asshole or anything um, yeah. and being clear that you know that they're not being bad. Like, and and that's the other thing is like you are actually dealing with this pretty well. Yeah, you've done considered. an amazing job acknowledging acknowledging where the problem lies it breaks my heart a little bit that you said certainly not someone as cool as him you are cool yeah you're fucking cool you're friends with that cool person that means that means you're cool too i know it is yeah i know you're not gonna believe that because i wouldn't believe it but just just so someone's saying it you sound pretty great and you actually have a really good grasp on your emotional state like despite the fact that you feel like you're in shambles the idea that you know where these feelings come from. Like you already know, I feel distant from this person and this hurts because I was rejected in school. And I can tell that he's trying really hard to maintain both friendships. And I spoke up when I felt like he he was ignoring me. Wow. wow. That's you just really good. did all the things we would tell you. You just did like steps one through 10 already. Great job. Yes. Did, I. Oh, did ahead, you, you did a little self-therapy there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you, you did. did. You did a little some meta thinking. You, you can graduate into our level 400 class now. I'm going to pat you on your back. Little, little back. I mean, it's not even just a pat. It's like a slight gentle rub if that's what you're into. Yeah. You know, if you're not, I won't. I don't have to touch you at all. I'm going to nod at you respectfully from across <laughs> the room. No, you did great. So part of this is is like unhealthy things that we can work on. But also part of this is sometimes things just suck and they will feel bad until they stop feeling bad. 
oh, yeah, man, isn't that like such a balance? Like, okay, I can work on this, this and this and this. That's not going to change the fact that this hurts. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we get questions that are like, how can I stop feeling bad? And the answer is in a couple months time will probably not feel bad anymore. Yeah. Distance from this situation. Yeah. Um, so our first our first advice on this is it is time for some Band-Aid solutions, because I think that the ultimate solution will be long term. So for the short term, it's time to just feel better in the now. And one of those things is to reach out to some new friends. Totally agree. So you, you use the word replaced. What do you do when you feel like you're being replaced? First of all, you're not being replaced because you can't do that with people. We said on a couple, I think it was a couple episodes ago, that no one is everything to one person. That's why you need more people in your circle. You need friends and coworkers, hopefully not coworkers like the one in the last question. God, no. Or you need acquaintances or someone you say hi to at the coffee shop. You need different people in your life to fill different roles for you. And you are not everything to this person. And this person is not everything to you. So let's work on that and find some more people. It's clear that he's not replacing you because he's he's basically saying that, you know, yeah. he's got a new hobby in its li- in his life and it's feeling really good about falling in love. Yeah. And it's texting this person a lot. That's yeah. their new hobby. Like instead of like going to college or getting a new job, he's texting a girl. Yeah. And it's going to take up a lot of their day. And it's precious. Um, You know, I just thought of this is what this is not what I was about to say, but hmm. I'm going to say this out loud. Why don't you ask him about her? Why don't you like ask him questions and like let him like vent about his feelings about her? Like like maybe meet him halfway and talk about like girl talk, like have like silly giggles about like falling in love. I think that's so cute. Yeah, you can compromise a little. You can reach out your hand. Yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, so like, how are things going? Right. I think it'll be easier than you think to ask about her. I don't think it'll be painful. Yeah. You didn't say you have romantic feelings towards this friend. You just want to be their friend. Yeah. And if you do have, end up having romantic feelings with for this friend, um, write us again. We'll work through that. No big deal. I feel like if you are cool talking romance, if you are somebody who is romantic or at the very least finds romance interesting, that's a fun conversation. Treat him like you're the OC, like the Dawson's Creek that you watch every week. Yeah. This sounds like a WB TV show. Yeah, they're clearly long distance. Maybe they like met over a World of Warcraft or something. Ooh. You know, like, I mean, I think I think that could be fun and cute. And it's also you expressing your interest in his new interest. That's lovely. Isn't it? I mean, like if it was he started playing League of Legends every night, like maybe you'd learn how to play League of Legends or at least ask how things are going. I really like that we're treating that like a hobby. I think that's smart because it's something they're spending a lot of time on. Yeah. And a new relationship is like a part time job. Yeah. You kind of neglect all the adult things like you you put off paying your bills and rent and like the house gets a little dirty because you're busy. Yeah. And like love fills your brain with weird chemicals and it feels amazing and is terrible. And it makes you stupid. Maybe show some interest in the new uh, cocktail of hormones that is happening in your friend's brain right (laughs) now. Yeah, they're kind of drunk. They are a little drunk all of the time. And then we touched earlier on making new friends, but we didn't explore that. Yeah, let's get into that. Let us do it. Your friend is the internet. It is time to make some fast and hard internet friends. Fast and hard. You need someone that will send you fun, cute emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to make new friends. Yeah. And it takes a long time. Yep. Which is why internet friends are amazing because it it cuts down the time for making a friend and you can find a community. I'm on plant Etsy now. I'm on uh, skincare Reddit and I love all those people. Yeah. It's great. I'm on uh, weird Twitter. Yeah. And the complete opposite of Weird Twitter, which is wedding planning sites. Oh, my God. That's so cute. And uh, the subreddit for wedding planning is like everyone's really sweet, like really supportive. If you like every day someone posts the same goddamn engagement ring photo and every single day people are still like, well, it's so great. And I'm like, really? (laughs) This is this is really it's the same that we thought it's still the same hand picture. Mm. Like pretty much we've all seen that. But people are very sweet about it. Surprisingly sweet. But it's wonderful because you're in a community of people who are enthusiastic about the same things. Yes, that's it's wonderful. Like, okay, listen, I'm going to be real honest right now. I'm going to I'm going to break it down for you guys. Here we go. Okay, everybody knows I'm really into plants lately. Everybody knows I'm super into Jimmy World writing. I'm writing a medium post right now. That's a guide to Jimmy World songs. I know. Right. It's gonna be fun. That's what you need. You need a weird obsession. Okay. He has a weird obsession now. All right. Also, my boyfriend, he told me I, I need to lay off of the plants a little bit. He's like, he's like, I think, Trin, you have too many plants. You think about them all the time. 
I think it's time for you to like back off just a little bit. Remember, there are other things in your life. That's how he's feeling about the girlfriend. Yeah. You need need plants, buddy. Yeah, you need some plants. You need to play The Sims. Don't fill up your life with garbage, but fill it up with hobbies and things that interest you. You know what I love is rocks. And I bought a book off of uh, Pennsylvania Library. It's called Fossil Collecting in the Mid-Atlantic States with Localities, Collecting Tips, and Illustration of More Than 450 Fossil Specimens. Do you want to get into rocks? Email me about some rocks. Let's go. Okay. Seriously. Rock tumbler, very vibrant. Sex tumbler, also very vibrant. I mean, if you are into pornography, like... Oh, oh, we got the whole internet waiting for you. Like, if you're into fan fiction, I know that this doesn't sound that productive to you. Because what you want is you want him to change his feelings and return into your life. Ultimately, that's what you want. And that is fine. It's not unhealthy to miss your friend. What's unhealthy is to leave that void in your life because there's a huge difference between two bachelors being buds and a bachelor and somebody in love being buds. One has more time than the other. That's exact. It comes down to how they spend their time. Yeah. And their energy. What other what other stuff is is like weird hipster shit that this person could get into? Coffee. Coffee, yeah. Can learn the whole thing. A whole get thing. into fussy coffee, as we call it here in the office. I want some fussy coffee. Make it the fussy way. You know what's interesting? Moss. Oh, get really into moss. moss. Feels so good under your toes. You can buy a ball of moss and grow it in your home. You could start growing vegetables. How about a dog? You want to grow a dog? Oh, you should start volunteering. Oh, volunteering. Yeah. You know, we always say like, so, and we know how rote and how simple this sounds, but volunteering in your community or just like going to activities at your library, this sounds so basic, but it's basic because it is actually a really good way to meet people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Okay. So it feels like half the office and half my friend group is doing this lately. They're all volunteering an organization called Alive Rescue. Oh, It's amazing. So, and like the volunteer hours are reasonable. It's like six to nine or like nine to noon. Every (laughs) Six to nine. Nice. Nice. And, uh, all like friends from this corner of my life and friends from this corner of my life somehow met. And I noticed on Instagram that they met and I was like, oh, they know each other. Oh, oh, because they all volunteer at the same place. That's so cool. Like it happens. Yeah. That's what happened to me with volunteering at like local like nerd conventions and stuff. Like um, my buddy. That's how we met. That's how we met. Yeah. I got real excited. (laughs) But like, so my, uh, a good example is my buddy Carlin has two, basically two friend groups. And one is like her weird nerd attorney friends. And then her weird nerd, like uh, just you're just weird. Just nerd. weird. Yeah, just that's, weirdies. That's me. That's what I'm in. <laughs> and they both kind of like like met up through volunteering at conventions and stuff. So Jen, we've been talking a lot about how to fill the time in this person's life that used to be taken up by their best friend. But I think that it's also important for us to acknowledge that some trauma that the asker experienced in their school days is resurfacing in this rejection that is not a rejection. Yeah, exactly. Trauma. Leftover bad feelings from high school are resurfacing and coming back and making them, making it not easy to be reasonable, Mm -hmm. I think. And oh my God, that is so unhealthy, but it's also nobody's fault. Exactly. Man, this, uh, this reminds me a lot of Jen from how many years ago? Eight, eight or nine years ago. So when you were 11? Yep. Because I'm 17. Or am I 19? I can't remember anymore. It doesn't matter. You were quite young. Anyway, I, I made the mistake of having one friend at this one time in my life. I had one friend. And when that friend hung out with other friends, it made me very sad and lonely. And I can go back now and be like, why weren't you out there making other friends? That was your time to do that. You had to try. Why didn't you try? It was, it, I should have tried. I didn't try. But I know, also know that I was not in a place where trying was particularly easy. You weren't in the position at the time to work on the trauma that you felt. Yeah. It was overwhelming to the point where you could not make other friends. And this may be where you are, Asker. You may be hearing us be like, look at rocks and stuff. And you're like, that is absolutely not what I am going to do. (laughs) And that means that it's time to do some introspection. We always recommend going to therapy and that is not possible for everybody. But I think that maybe your new hobby is you and thinking about yourself and doing some journaling and writing letters that you're going to throw away to the people who rejected you in high school. It's really, really important for you to both recognize that you are in a position where you can you can fill your life with other stuff. And also your trauma may prevent you from doing that. 
we kind of went in backwards order. Really, I think you need to focus on your trauma first and then move on to other things. Maybe you can do it hand in hand. I was going to say, yeah. That would be good too. Yeah. It's never is, it's never goes the way you think it will. Right. Like doing all these hobbies and spending time with new people might make you more introspective naturally. As As you meet new people, don't you kind of start to reveal things about yourself? I've noticed that. A dozen episodes or so ago, Trin, we heard from an asker who was like, I've, I've seen so many different therapists and it's not clicking with any therapist. And, you know, you should go listen to that episode because we answered it at length. But one thing you said that really stood out is you're not wasting time by talking to these therapists. You are learning. You are getting experience. And in the case of this asker, you're going through some you're going through some changes. Yeah. Welcome to puberty. Emotional, emotional repuberty. Pu- emotional repuberty is happening. Let's acknowledge that this is that something is changing in your friend dynamic. Uh, something is changing in you and that some trauma is coming back. So let's let's acknowledge that you're stronger than it. Yeah. If I had to guess, because this person didn't give us an age, I would guess you're having your quarter life crisis. Early 20s? Yeah, like mid-20s, early 20s. Yeah. Because and if you're 30 or 40, that's totally acceptable too. You're going to experience changes like this all throughout your life. Yeah, I definitely, I personally went through my quarter-life crisis at like 29, mm-hmm. which means obviously that I'm going to live to like 150, yeah. which yeah, is you great. Are. You're going to outlive us all. All you eat is vegetables. That's true. And all I do is collect rocks and plants, yeah. so I don't do anything dangerous. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Collecting rocks is a little dangerous. Okay, listen to this. <laughs> so, Connell, my partner, uh, went on uh, uh, a, uh, oh gosh, how can I put this without getting him in trouble? Mm. <laughs> Remove his name? Uh, okay. Well, I think I have it. Okay. So, uh, he went on a mountain jaunt with his friends intoxicated. Okay. And had a great time. And he was telling me about like the shale and stuff. And I was like, I literally have a shale chisel and a shale hammer and we're going back there. And I'm gonna look at rocks. And he's like, well, it's outdoors, which you don't like. Uh, it's in, uh, Canada, which is far away. Are you sure you, you want to do this? And I'm like, yes. He's like, it's going to be, you know, it's a mountain. It's a little dangerous. I'm like, I'm fucking in. Okay. And, uh, so all this is to say, uh, that, uh, even if you have really fucking nerdy hobbies, you can die. Let that be a lesson to everyone listening. Never have hobbies because they're bad for you. So I went through my quarter life crisis at like 29. I was just like, who am I? What am I doing? How much of my identity is wrapped up in my friends and how much of my identity is wrapped up in my job, my partner? And uh, now here I am at the ripe old age of 59. And uh, and over these decades, um, I've, <laughs> I've been able to be like who I am is somebody who's super interested in the earth and plants and rocks. And I'm really interested in emotions. Like that's when really like it's around the time we started the podcast. Yeah. And you got a divorce. And I got a divorce. A really great divorce. Actually. Yeah, was, no one does divorce as well as Trin does divorce. It was wonderful. I uh, I stayed up until like one in the morning talking to that guy yesterday. Um, but like that that's the thing is like you will reprocess who you are every now and again. And I think that this is a harbinger of a time of great change. Uh, and by change, I mean discovering who you are as a person with or without your best friend. Oh, yes. I don't even want to say anything else other than that because I think you nailed it. They don't have to find you. You know, you are a cool and interesting person without your best friend. And it's time to hang out with that person i do love the idea of doing some stuff on your own man every once in a while i'll just take myself on a date i actually spend like i like going out to dinner alone like my partner my partner wants to see a lot of movies that i don't want to see and he goes to movies alone a lot like it's totally fine uh one time an adult uh, a grown-up in our life a real grown-up was like that's so sad and i was like it's not sad oh my god it's not sad at all. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. He has movie pass. He it's his hobby. He loves movies. Anyway, and I and I and I have this habit of watching all the same movies over and over again. I think it drives him a little little batty. So he goes to see new movies, which is novel to me. It's okay to go to a museum by yourself, the library by yourself. You look cool when you do that. You look cool and independent because you are cool and independent. Wouldn't it be really interesting for you to see who you are when you absorb new and cool information? <sighs> Listen, Asker, I would like you to become excited to meet the person that you are without other people. Oh, man, that hit me right in the gut. Like, I I would like to know that you are learning interesting things and feeling good and productive and happy. You know, I think it's amazing that you have this friend that you love, that you think is cool and who has filled your life with happiness and your living space is healthy and happy. I, I would like you to feel cool. 
I would like you to come out of this feeling like you can do things. Because you can. You fucking can. Go yeah. read some webcomics. Yeah. Go read webcomics by Kevin Butnick. Oh, he's so good. Who is, uh, posts daily comics uh, that are funny and irreverent and lovely and sad. And I think make people feel very, very much less alone. Yes. Like, that's the other thing is, like, if nothing else, get on Twitter and just, like, read people's sad tweets so that you understand, like, feeling sad or having emotional difficulty is not only common to people who are uncool. You yeah. Know? The cools get sad, too. Trin's very cool, and she's sad all the time. I'm sad a lot. Not today. No, I feel great today. But let's be real. I think part of my strength is acknowledging the full range of emotions that I have. And you're cool, too. Hey, you think you're sensitive? That's fucking dope. Not everybody is. Sensitive people are the toughest people I know. Yeah. It's just true. That stuff you went through in high school is like your armor now. Yes. It's the stuff that is part of you that's made you who you are. And if you don't like who you are yet, well, Trin and I like you. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That's an way, endorsement. Way into you. And also like your trauma is what makes you more compassionate and understanding to other people. You're probably an amazing person to talk to. I mean, you already communicated with your friend about this. Yeah. Which is so hard. That was genuinely pretty impressive. Like yeah. all the steps that this Did you lie to took. us? Did that mm. really happen? Mm. Mm. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if you did. It's okay to lie. It's okay. Uh, if you did, go do those steps now because yeah. we agreed that they were good. <laughs> okay. Well, we got two askers in very unhealthy situations that we hope become healthy. Uh, is that it? We're rooting for you. Oh. I think we've been recording for 120 tempo, 4 4 timing for um, a thousand seconds. No, longer than that. I have no idea. But you know what? We're going to stop now. Yeah. Do the thing. Wrap, mm. it us, wrap us up. Bring us home. Hi, everybody. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you would like to buy our garbage, you can at thefriendshippingstore.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for all of your design work. Thank you to Alex, Alex Cox, the podfather, who is out with a illness. I was going to be cagey about the illness, but she's talked on about on Twitter. Yeah. She's mono, which sucks. I had mono from a guy who sneezed on me on a bus and it was the worst thing. And Alex, we hope you feel better very soon. Uh, who else do we think? I forgot. I think, uh, do we think uh, Josh for editing last week's or the weeks before? Uh, thank you, Josh. And Ian. And Ian. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. And it's very clear that this person still loves and cares about you very much because of the open communication that's been happening between the two of you. Like, it, <laughs> Jen, when you drink your water, it's so loud. Why? I'm not even near the microphone. Can you do it while I'm not talking? And then... I was leaning in that time. Okay, did you... But you heard it. No, it's a little... It's a little... Little way. Listen, I want you to know I want you to be hydrated. Thank you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to soon. I can sense it. Also, I want you, even if it makes noises, I want you to drink the water. But the thing is, is that I'm going to say something each time because it's still very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that seems like a good deal.